0: Beyond the Ball, fueling your faith and family through sport. Welcome to the Beyond the Ball Podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten. Appreciate you tuning in for this episode of Beyond the Ball. Be sure to check out these other great pods from the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Cavalier Central, and our flagship, the Hoopheads Podcast. All right. We're back. Coach Klump and myself, your co-host, Justin Gerstung, ready for another episode of Beyond the Ball. We exciting are lucky stuff. Tonight. We got exciting stuff. We're ready to go. We have a really special guest tonight, Coach Cleve Wright from Gammon and Winman's Hoops joining us. And we can't wait to dive into him. But Cleve's Coach, been
1: doing it at that Cleve, level for a long well, time. Can't wait to is. talk to him.
0: We're so excited to get ready and jump in with him in a second. But before we get started, coach, it's been a week, about a week since we've talked. Any uh, celebrations on your end this
1: week? Yeah. You know, last week I celebrated our teachers throughout the country and I'm going to flip it there and I'm going to celebrate those young students um, for many, many reasons, because and especially the ones that really excelled in this new environment I mean, teachers were thrown into an environment they've never been in before, but so were the students. And, you know, they're sitting at home, maybe they got brothers and sisters, and they could use a lot of different excuses because they had a lot of different new stressors. But for those that came up with a routine and built strong habits through this closure, through these difficult times, those are the ones where they showed their resiliency. They showed who they are. Like, I had students show up each and every time for my Zoom lessons, and I really, really appreciated those students. And you could tell, man, those are those 108010 10, kids, those top 10% that are, are really gonna do big things. And those are the ones that I wanted to celebrate tonight. Those students that were just excelling in this new environment, they had no excuses, they did their thing, they didn't care if it was past or. fail or whatever each and every district had you know different ways of grading but in our case it was pass or fail but we had students still working to the best of their ability and I I was just wanted to celebrate those those students
0: yeah, absolutely. What a wonderful celebration. We have a saying in our house, and I'm sure you've heard it as well. The, the phrase, how you do anything is how you do everything. Absolutely. And that is just something that some of these kids just have nailed it, you know, from all levels, from elementary school kids all the way up to high school kids. What a great celebration. I'm going to jump on that one then too, and just kind of finish out the school year by celebrating the administrators. I don't think we talked about them last week either, And just this idea that, uh, you know, you don't have your teachers in the building, you don't have your students in the building, but at the same time, your job of running and orchestrating a district just has to carry on and all these challenges that are facing us with you know, safety concerns and money concerns. And especially for those 2020 graduates, how do you graduation? Yeah. Um, you know, such a tough time for the kids. Yeah, but they're missing out so on so
1: many, so many events, so many special events, so many special celebrations of everything that they've done throughout their high, you know, elementary, middle and high school careers. And how, as an administrator, how do you, you know, be able to you know, create an environment where they feel you know recognize and then you know you hit it right on the head like how do you how do you do that that's such a tough job
0: yeah so I I know every district's doing it a little bit different and I think just through looking through some social media stuff I think every district is doing a really phenomenal job I know at our high school tomorrow which would be Monday they're they're sending out their senior packages and they have all their stuff their cap their gown their awards mm-hmm. their their diploma and you know letters that they wrote to themselves in middle school that like time capsule stuff so just kudos to all the administrators that are out there um just getting it done amen absolutely um one of the things that we mentioned in our introductory introduction episode is you know how faith-based both of us are uh, as christian men and i think we should start a little bit with each episode, sharing a little bit of that faith. What do you think?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I wanted to share with our our listeners just something that's been on my heart this week, and it was Galatians 6, 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. And I was just thinking about that and and put it in into a spiritual sense and, and actual a physical spe- sense too, with the conclusion of, of this school year. It's been so tough for everybody, um, and, you know. Even if they're not teachers or students, just in in, in general in life, you know that it eventually, you know, we're working towards that eternal life where it will come and everyone will be able to see it for themselves, the glory. So we just have to mature each and every day in our faith and press on. And, you know, there's there's a saying, you hear it more and more, trust the process. Trust the process as we ought to live our lives uh, um, for the Lord. And, and, And eventually, once we keep doing good, doing good, doing good, we find ourselves, you know, Surpassing what we could have ever thought was going on, and it's just a magical moment when you just sit back and you're like, "Man, uh, you know who could have planned this? You know, but but but, G, you know, Jesus and the Lord up there giving us all the praise." So, like that, Galatians six and nine has just been on my heart all week. So, I just wanted to bring that up to the listeners.
0: Yeah, I appreciate you you bringing that. We one of the books that I've been reading this summer as part of my summer reading list. Is called Inside Out Coaching, um, written by a guy who's a Buffalo native just like us who attended Syracuse, Joe Airman. And it just talks about the same thing. He talks about being a transformational coach and the idea that, you know, he gets asked all the time, you know, how was your season? Was it a success? And his response to that in the book is, I'll tell you in 20 years when these kids come back, Mm -hmm. you know, and they, they, they become young men, you know, of, of courage and integrity. And that's, I think that ties right into what you're saying is you don't always see the success immediately when the actions are done. It's sometimes it takes a little bit for, um, you know, yeah, that seed to grow. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I love that. And I think as a segue, that might introduce our next uh, guest or our guest today is as best as anyone probably could coach Cleve wright is our guest today and just a little background before we bring coach in he is currently the women's basketball coach at gannon university a division two school in erie pennsylvania and he is in his second stint with uh the the gannon basketball program and this podcast is all about beyond the ball right finding balance in your life and he's married and has two daughters You know, both in their early 20s. And so, a man that is of faith, that has found that balance to sustain a great college career as a coach and to balance his family is something I thought we needed to get in and talk to uh, and hear. He's, Started as a high school coach just like you and myself. Yeah, and,
1: Cleve's been doing it for a while.
0: Yeah, he's been doing it for 30 plus years. He's coached at the Division II level, the Division one level. He was a head coach or the head coach at Miami of Ohio for a brief stint. He was an associate head coach at Eastern Illinois with the women's program there. Um, his overall collegiate record is, you know, just unbelievable. Two hundred ninety-three wins and one hundred ninety-three losses. He's been a multiple-time coach of the year. Wow. Yeah. Um. But when we talk to him, when we talk to him, we just I have had the opportunity to talk, and I'm just so impressed with. Everything else that he does. Yes, the wins are there. And obviously those come when you have great culture and he knows his X's and O's, but he's done so much in the community. Um, He's been a published author um in women's basketball coaching magazine um he's just kind of done it all in the community as well setting up different programs like goals for life game and the serve game and so i can't wait to jump into some yeah, of those he's topics definitely with
1: him. transforming things or any kind of environment where he's at he's that coffee bean you know like john gordon man it's going to be great yeah
0: absolutely i'm excited absolutely so Let's get in, let's bring Coach in, and uh, let's get started. What do you think, Coach?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: We're here with Coach Cleve Wright of the women's basketball team at Gannon University. Coach Wright, how are you doing tonight?
2: Great. Hey, thank you guys. Thank both of you for having me tonight. Anytime. Yeah, I appreciate
0: you coming in, appreciate you coming in. So, Coach, Coach Klump and I have done a little bit of an intro, uh, just highlighting some of your stops along the way and your journey to that has brought you back to Gannon. And so one of the things before we really dive into that scenario that we like to do with our guests is do a little activity that we call the three H's, which is, stands for Hero, Hardship and Highlight. And so just using that kind of to lead us in our, our conversation tonight. Um, we'd love to for you to give us an example of each one of those categories if you could.
2: Absolutely. Uh, do you want to start which one do you want to start with?
0: Uh we could start with hero if you want.
2: Cool. Excellent. Well, I would say uh my hero of all time would be my wife. Um uh she is and you probably you probably both could understand this. Being in coaching, it's it's so important to have a spouse, um, a partner who, who understands that this is this is not a job; it's a lifestyle, really. And um, and my wife Diane has is definitely uh, is the first person I think of when I think of my hero because she she always has my back. Um, the the great thing is is that she, she loves the kids and she's kind of a different role, um, obviously than I am. Um, I love what she says to the girls; is she'll say, uh, "I'm not trying to replace. I'm not trying to be your mom while you're here." but I want to try and do everything I can to love you and care for you. And I think our girls really appreciate the players.
0: That's so great. I think uh, my wife is very similar in that she uh, connects with our players, not not on too deep of a level because we have four mm-hmm. y- little kids of our own. And mm-hmm. so her time at the gym is very rare. But when she comes in, um, they definitely know Coach's, Coach's wife, and there's a connection there for sure. Yeah, just all put um, one family, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So coach, if I could, what is the message like in the role? Cause we've talked to some other coaches and it mm-hmm. seems like each coach's spouse is supportive in some way, but some of the coaches we talked to actively take like a role. So when mm-hmm. she's there and supporting, you say not to be the mom, but to, to be supportive. What kind of things does she do um, to help with the program out?
2: You know, what's interesting. Uh, I would say uh what you just said justin when when our kids were little she she couldn't do it nearly as much but as our our kids uh, aged and got older and got into school and even into high school um she was able to um take on more of a role and she's to this day she has good relationships with a lot of kids that have that have graduated but the way that specifically looks like like here's an example of what she would do like if a player had a birthday, when a player has a birthday coming up, she'll text them and say, Hey, what's your favorite dessert? And she'll make them their favorite dessert. Or, you know, when they're, when they, when we have our team over to our house, uh, we're both, um, I've been a coach all my life, but I was also a high school teacher for, for five years and, uh, slash coach, just like you guys. And, um, uh, and I, I would say that when we had them over for, uh, uh, for dinner, she would take groups of, you know, like take the seniors, the juniors, the sophomores, and the freshmen. They would each have – she would teach them how to cook something, like a uh-huh. specific thing, and they would participate. And to this day, like, you know, she makes like – one of the things that for some reason is popping into my mind is this grape salad. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact she's had players say, hey, that grape salad, Could you send me that recipe like now that they've been out like five years right. or something? Yeah, you know? yeah. So – I think she does that, and I think um, those are the two things. And then sometimes um, there'll be the relationship maybe with certain kids might develop a little bit more. She's very cautious about that because she doesn't want anybody to feel like they're being left out or anything like that. So I would say she just makes them feel really comfortable. She makes them feel loved and like a home away from home a little bit. And uh, and then they learn something.
0: (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Such a great, yeah. we say, well, they say that about, you know, being in the classroom all the time. If the kids can, uh, really experience something with someone else, that connection is even stronger than if you just talk about it. So that's mm-hmm. so great. Yeah, that's, that's something, something so you great. would
1: never forget being able to sit down and, and, and make a meal and, and know, even, even if you're from a different part of yeah. the country. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay. So
0: one qu- other question, coach, I just had about your wife because I know, my wife Rochelle, you know, is the support in my family too. You have been at some stops. So as you're making your journey through this coaching profession, is that been super difficult on her or is she really, you know, hunkered down and been, um, really, you know, selfless in those moves?
2: I would say yes and yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, she, um, I think the hardest time for us, Justin, was when we were at Northwestern and both our kids were really little, um, okay. and that was really hard. That's a hard. I mean, how old are your kids again?
0: Uh, fourteen
2: to eight, all yeah. in that age range. There, we were in Chicago for three years at Northwestern, and and we had a one-year-old and a three-year-old.
0: Okay, for oh
2: for for three years, and um, well, it would. Two and a half years, three seasons, I should say. Right. And, um, and that was really, really hard because at Northwestern, of course, we're recruiting the whole country. So you're traveling a lot. There's a lot of stuff going on. And she, I mean, you, you talk about feeling like a single parent sometimes. That can get, that can get really hard. And, and I'm, and I'm not guessing on this. I mean, I know for a fact people will ask that, ask that question or we'll be having conversations. And that's, that's the time she brings up as the hardest for sure. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's unbelievable how we've um I've been able to strike a balance with my wife as well just when basketball season's on she's the she's the Uber driver, she's the yeah. dinner maker and then when the season ends it's uh we we transition nicely into me taking on a little bit more of that responsibility so mm-hmm. it's great you get to kind it's of get great that, that way. rhythm going. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely so
1: coach where do you want to go next coach all on. right coach um let, let's go let's go with a hardship coach right okay okay uh,
2: uh, probably uh well the hardship that comes to my mind first would be um uh getting uh, fired let go whatever you want to call it at, at Miami of Ohio um that was that's really hard when you when you you're working really hard to try and get things you know do things well and and Your time's up, you know, and and, uh, you're not able to finish something. That's that's something really hard to deal with. It it really puts you to question, um, and challenges you to say, okay, what are you putting your identity into, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, and so that was really really hard. Um, but I but again, I've been very blessed. I've been blessed with so many so many good things that have happened, and and the growth and all that stuff. So. You know, it's I think uh, when you talk to coaches, they say, you know, there's there's only two kinds of coaches, ones that are uh, that have been fired and ones that are going to get fired. Right. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, I, and I said that for a long time. And you know, I'd been coaching decades before that actually happened. And and um, and I'd actually heard that many times and it hadn't happened to me. So when it happened to me, that was very, very hard. <laughs> but I you, lo- you learn a lot through the process, too.
0: So what do you coach what would be some of your if you have any off the top of your head mm-hmm. some some ways that you guys process that either yourself or as a family like what did you kind of lean on that allowed you to get through that
2: I think it really um, my faith uh, I, I mean my faith was uh, uh, was tested there you know I think I was just listening to a, a podcast today that where they were um where the it was the conversation about our, our faith. You know, if you really, you know, love the Lord by when something hard happens to you, what do you, um, what happens? Do you run to God or do you, um, and, and know that he's there for you? Or do you question like, why why did this happen to me? You know, it's a really, uh, can really contest your faith. And so I felt like, um i felt like there was it was a situation where I think the lord was telling me hey I told you to go there i, I led you there but your time's up you yeah. know and you, you're here for this amount of time and and I have yep. a great plan for you um one of my good friends during that time sent me a book um called uh, two chairs and the premise of the book is is having your alone time with the lord every day you yeah know? and uh, and it really comes down to three questions that he asks you you know that you you're talking to the lord and and you want to answer these questions. First of all, does he know the, your situation? And of course he does. Um, yeah. is he is he bigger than the situation? Like is he is he is he is, he, is he big, I guess that's the best way to say it. Is he bigger than the situation? Of course he is. Right. And um, uh, does he have a good plan for you? And he does. Right. He does. The answers are all affirmative in those in those things. And so um, that that really—it's you know, a great question, and I think if I hadn't if I didn't have my faith, I would have—you know—I would have really struggled. I think it's as coaches, it's really hard because your identity a lot of times in the world just kind of gets into the win-loss thing and and all that stuff. Yeah. And so,
1: absolutely, yeah.
2: So my faith really grew during that during that time. So that's where I would say, Justin, that I I really went to my faith.
1: Yeah, And those in those hardships. You, you always wonder, you know, why you're being led here and what what was it about the situation. And then, and then you think about, like, how impossible it is for us to truly understand his decision and his ways until you look back and you're like, wow, how blessed am I to be right here right now and how blessed am I that that didn't work out for myself, you know?
2: Yes. And, it, 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 you know, sometimes we understand when we're going through something like that. And then sometimes it comes, you know, years later, and sometimes, you know, maybe we'll find when find out find out when we're with him. You know, yeah. Why did that happen? I didn't. And I just think that it's really kind of naive of us to not to not think that um, he's working on multiple levels. So.
0: Yeah, I I love that. We were just um, in our in our church service sermon this week they talked about you know anxiety and especially through this pandemic and time of anxiety and like on being unsure of what's going to happen next it's a really calming influence you know to just be able to be grateful for what you have and know that there's a plan bigger than you and that it's going to work out in the proper way you know
1: absolutely you think about john you know 15.5, 15.5, and he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. Yeah.
0: So, so good. Well, I appreciate that coach. I know there's the struggles I think are all different on different levels of coaching. Like your struggles aren't necessarily my struggles, but I think that's one way that, you know, anybody can kind of persevere through, but instead of hardships, let's move on and maybe focus on a highlight or two. What's
2: a, what's a (laughs) highlight good stuff. You know, the most recent highlight has been uh, having Zoom calls with alumni. <laughs> um, we, we have um, – something we started before I came back to Gannon was we started having Gannon family – women's basketball family reunions, we called them, in June. And we had gotten a couple under our belt. Um, and then, Well, we'd gotten one under our belt, and then I ended up coming back to Gannon. So then we did one last year, uh, just right after I'd gotten the job. And that's been just fantastic. And so this year with COVID, of course, and, and not being able to do things, we have uh, we reached out and we've done a general alumni like any women's basketball alumni. And we had kids from 2005, which would have been in my very first class because they were sophomores and she graduated in 2005. And then we had players from just this, this year. And uh, that was just so cool to see that wide range. And then Probably two weeks ago, we did our my my first championship here. Conference championship was two thousand seven, so we did an alumni um, Zoom with that, and then we're getting ready to do our two thousand ten Atlantic Region and PSAC championship. So that's going to be a blast. So that's a more recent highlight, I would say. Fantastic.
0: Yeah, those are great. We were actually, for the 4th of July is a big time for us in our community. A lot of kids come back and see their parents, and so um, this weekend typically is a, a big time for me to see former players. And so I've already seen a couple around town, you know, and had some great conversations with them. It's pretty crazy to see where they've all gone over the last decade mm, yeah. since being in the gym, you know, it's, it's just truly remarkable and such a great highlight as well.
2: So much fun, so much fun to, uh, to hear the stories and things like that. So, yeah, I love it.
1: Okay, so Coach, today is the first day of the second half of the year, and 2020 is uh, really taking it to us here. So it's halftime, and a little basketball analogy. So, um, what are you and your family excited to tackle here in the second half of this year?
2: Well, we have an interesting year coming up because um, my oldest daughter um, just finished her first year of teaching in New York City. And. Has decided to take a new job in Ohio, so the second half of the year we're going to be moving her at the end of July here in the first August, moving her to um, to Ohio, so that'll be and so she can start a new chapter there. She's actually is a graduate of Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, so she'll live in Oxford and she'll and she's going to teach at a different school there. So we'll have to be you know we'll be doing that, but see both my daughters, I got a twenty three and a twenty one. And my 21 year old, just recently decided to transfer from her previous school, and is going to play for me for the next two years. Oh, so wow. that is going to be a that's going to be fun and challenging.
1: <laughs> is this the first time you've coached her, or have you coached her previously? Well,
2: I could No, I did coach her previously, but it was when she was little, like you know, mm. in the third through fifth grade, and you're doing the little, you know, the leagues and the the just the the de- developmental stuff and things like that, and she always played up. My youngest always played up on her older sister's team for the most part. So she was always playing right. older people. So, but it's been a long time. And in her initial, both of my daughters' initial thing leaving high school was that they didn't want to play for me. That they wanted me to be dad. Okay. Right. And I yeah. was, and I was fine with that. I mean, I, I mean, of course, I both. I liked them both as a player. I, I liked them both as a teammate, even as much, if not as much, if not more. Uh, right. what kind of teammates I knew they were. And um, and so my youngest coming to play for me, the challenge is going to be probably trying to, we're going to have to do a good job of of keeping our, you know, our relationship solid. Like she's going to need, still need dad, but she's still going to, you know, I'm still going to be her coach. So we've kind of been talking that this COVID thing has allowed us to kind of talk through those scenarios and things like that. And Absolutely. You know, she's the kind of player that's she's humble. Um, she's, she's all about the team and she's an extremely hard worker. So oh, nice. That fits, you know, that fits. It's not, if she had a different personality, if she had, you know, if she had some other things, I, I might not be ex- as excited about it, but I do think she'll connect well, but that will be, you know, it, Eric, it, it, uh, if you want to, if you're saying that's what we're going to have to tackle that one. Cause now my wife, is going to have to handle that. We're going to have to handle that as a family. You know, yeah. she can't get mad if she gets mad at the coach. I could be in trouble. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, so how, how did how did that conversation go down? Was it, Dad? I'm I'm transferring. Oh yeah, you are. Where? Well, to Gannon. Or how did this go down?
2: Well, it was it was during COVID. Uh, she was back home here, and she had kind of um, uh, had some discussions with us, but. She just started talking about, you know, maybe where she was at was not the place that, you know, that she wanted to continue to be. And um, so she started thinking about what kind of place she'd be looking for. And um, and I just kept hearing what she had said before, that she didn't want me to be, you know, uh, she wanted me to be dad, which mm-hmm. is great. And so, but we're sitting there and I'm listening to her. And the place she wants is the place that I believe we are building at Gannon. You know, that we had previously and we're building now. And some reason I think the Lord just prompted me and I said, You know, I would love to play, love for you to play for me. And she kind of looked at me with a surprised look, like, Really? And I go, Are you kidding me? Okay, let's talk. And so I started recruiting her like I recruit everybody else, as far as we had what I would call uh, key conversations that you have, like, I've always been a believer in when you're recruiting that you, I say the same thing to every recruit. Like I'm not going to go out and say, okay, well, I got to make sure I, I want to say this thing to this recruit and something different to this recruit and something different to them. I I say the same thing because really what you're talking about in in coaching, recruiting is really selling yourself. Well, when I'm selling myself, I'm not going to sell a different part of myself. I'm going to sell my real self. You right. know, and that's who we want to be. This is what I'm, what I'm going to be about, etc. And it, and as you go through, um, I wanted to make sure I had those key conversations with her. And I said, you know, when she kind of said that really, like, I was like, well, we need to talk. And so I took her on a campus tour on the, in the car. Right. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I just had those conversations and, and she took a couple of weeks and finally said, you know what, I, I think that's, yeah, I want to come play again. And I was like, Wow. I mean Yeah.
1: All right. Would, let's do just- it
2: extremely excited about it
0: yeah Yeah, i mean i'm listening to this just in awe and blessed to be having this conversation as my son is entering middle school and i will be his varsity coach hopefully someday lord willing right and so i have three daughters as well um and i've coached like you like you Cleve. i've coached all their you know little league sports Uh you know and a little bit of modified here and there but we've we've definitely have had the same conversation like what is this going to look like if you're on my team and Mm. you know not not getting special treatment and um, you're going to have to do it better than anybody else you know because you're the coach's kid type of thing but we're going to treat you fair i'm excited to see how this goes for you because i'm probably (laughs) going to be pulling pulling some from your experiences for sure
2: the best Um, advice i've gotten because i've talked to a bunch of colleagues about it that have had their you know some friends of mine have had their um, sons or daughters play for them. And um, the best advice I thought was um, to tell the team that if you ever want anything, do not send my daughter to ask for it because it mm. will automatically be a no. Right. And so I ran it by my daughter before I said that to the team. And I said, "What do you? how do you feel about this? She goes, I love that. She goes, that immediately takes the pressure off me. I right. don't have to feel like I'm the go-between. I'm the, you know, and I was like, okay, it's a done deal, you know, because I need her to feel as much.
1: Great advice.
2: A real team. I did. It was, I think it came from, um, well, the, this person, it was their advice that they had received from somebody else, which was Van Chancellor. I don't know if you remember Van Chancellor who coached the Houston Comets in the WNBA, and I, I believe okay. he was at Mississippi State legendary women's basketball coach.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's, I think I love that advice. And I I've always told my wife and my son, daughters, too. But, um, you know, when I'm when we're at the practice field, I'm coach and mm. you need to call me coach. And then as soon as we leave, we mm-hmm. don't talk. We don't really talk about practice or the game um, until we get home. And sometimes not even when we get home, we kind of just leave it. Right, yeah. at, right at the gym because there's definitely needs to be a distinction there. Um, we started think. this
2: phrase, Justin, where it's like she'll come to me uh, even now and she'll say, "I need coach." That's right, okay. you got coach. Yeah. <laughs> and we actually did that when she was at the previous school. She would talk to me, and I was I was always being dad. And then sometimes she would say, "Okay, okay, talk to me like a coach now." What do you what What would you say? And so right. that was that. So we kind of already had that little bit of that going on and I agree totally agree with you Justin I think it's you have to if we can handle those boundaries and keep that straight I think it'll be a healthy healthy thing
0: yeah wow that is that is so good um so where if i could just maybe dig a little deeper into that is she Mm -hmm. coming from another division two school or Mm
2: -hmm. how's
0: it working for like is is because part of my question that i'm leading to here is like the Mm -hmm. division one versus division two and Mm -hmm. some of the differences that you've seen and is that Mm -hmm. a situation for her or is she just looking for more of a different cultural fit
2: I think she was looking for a different cultural fit. Um, uh, and the, the interesting thing is, is that she's heard me talk about stuff. This is from her. This is her really her words I've heard her say. And I, I just think it's it's so insightful of a 21-year-old to be saying this. But she said um, when she's, she's met some of our team, they've spent a little bit of time together um, on Zoom, but also in person with a couple things that they've done. And so our team that's only, have only been with me for a year now, uh, with my return have talked to her about what it's like. And she, and she literally goes, really? Wow. And cause, because she's heard me talk about it, but she's never had me coach her at this level. You know, when right. you're coaching them third through fifth grade, you're not getting into the in-depth stuff and, and all right. that stuff. And so that's been really cool to, to have her say those type of things and to be able to handle it. Uh, that way, and I think it's allowed a better connection to our team. Yeah,
0: okay, uh, Abs- yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely, but the
2: Division Two, she's coming from a Division Two school, and at Division Two, um, you are allowed to transfer as long as they release you, and she's not, co- she's not transferring within conference, so that's easy, okay. and um. A lot of conferences will have a rule that would not allow them to transfer to a inner school in the conference unless they set out a year that's okay. not the case for her in division one she could easily transfer and not worry about yes or no they would just say and she's she would be immediately eligible and in this case she's immediately eligible because of them being of them releasing her
0: nice excellent well that's going to be an exciting journey for uh your whole family to take i'm sure
2: yes 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 thank you i'm excited and uh, you call me up i'll let you know how it's going
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely for sure we're going to keep jobs on that (laughs) oh man so good um so coach in your bio and as we were prepping for this um podcast with you we we came across some some really Transformational things you've done to like serve your community, mm-hmm. and either on your past teams at Gannon or with this current team, um, mm-hmm. you care to share any of those things that you've really done to try and reach out and connect?
2: Mm. Yeah, we've you connect with the community? Is that what you're talking about?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
2: I, I really believe we have we've been blessed to do a lot of different things, and it's a part of our um, it's a part of our culture, wanting our players and our team and our program to know that, that, you know, it's bigger than they are, you know, and, and that one of the, th- that we're put on this earth, one of the reasons, the reason we're put on this earth is not making it out about us, you know, to make it about others and be, and be an other centered, uh, program, other centered team, uh, it'd be an other centered person. And so we've yeah, been very blessed to, to, um, to do some community service games. And I know when I was here previously, we started a, um, uh, well, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association actually started what they called, um, it was Pink Zone, and there was a couple different names, but basically it was a breast cancer game where you'd raise funds okay. for breast cancer. And you would, in their instance, they would send it to the organization, and uh, to the national organization. What we did was we decided to do a little bit differently and keep it all here locally. And so um, ever since that happened, that since that started, I actually really took that uh, from Gannon and went to Miami and did it at Miami. Okay. Um, and uh, then we did it at Eastern Illinois. And uh, and now we're doing it again at and, and And really the twist that we put was we wanted all of the money to go to local cancer survivors and their immediate needs. Right. So if they needed groceries, gas cards, um, uh, prescription medicines, whatever it might be. And so, and we we found ways to raise money. You know, we found ways. Whether it was some places we were, we would go get sponsors. Um, uh, a couple places. Well, uh, at Eastern Illinois, we went and we um, went into the to the elementary schools and did uh, what they call I don't know if you guys do this and you know in New York, but we do like a penny drive or a fun drive. So we'd okay. have we'd ha- we go to the elementary schools and we'd have classes. Individual classes in that elementary school, okay, compete against each other to see who would bring in the most money, okay? Right. And then we would donate that money. And we had literally at Eastern Illinois, we had six elementary schools competing against each other. Right.
1: And so, Wonderful. Then what we told Wonderful. them
2: is that each elementary school that we would come in and we would, that the team, whatever class raised the most money, that the team would come into that classroom and spend. You know 30 minutes with them in their classroom just hanging out with them yeah and um and so what we did was um we would with some classes if they were super young like i know i remember one time we had a kindergarten team uh kindergarten class win and and really all that was was they saw these these very tall girls (laughs) to them, and they were just in awe the whole time and so the conversation was kind of on a loop like What's your name? Where are you from? What I mean it was and it was just yeah, blonde, over and over and over <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. over or they wanted to, or they wouldn't even ask questions, they'd just be telling the girls about themselves, which was it was yeah. adorable. It's yeah. awesome. And as as they got older, like we'd have some other classes like maybe a fifth or a sixth grade, we would set up you know, you know this term because 'cause you're basketball coaches, but we'd set up stations and we'd yeah. rotate the, the, the students around and and we did like a lesson on what does it mean to care for others,
0: and yeah, so wow. they,
2: and so they we were able to have some uh, some meaningful conversations there. And um, I remember one fifth grade class that we went to the the teacher was actually a cancer survivor, and oh, her wow. her class had won. And I'm not sure that her class fully knew that she was a cancer survivor, right. but I will never forget her coming up to me and she in tears. She was like, "I'm just so." happy that you guys are doing this and, yeah. and the money that we, had, you know, that we had raised. And so, I mean, we raised my um, kid. I'm, I'm trying to think of the numbers, right? It, the, the people were so generous it just so, right. so generous. And so then coming back to um, Erie, uh, to Gannon, um, we did three of those. We did the cancer uh, survivor game again, which we called the care game. And that's changed over the years a little bit, but now it's called the Care Game. And then we did another couple other games that were community um, uh, service uh, games. One was a Goals for Life game, where we brought we took a um, an inner city middle school. That's we're an inner city campus, so right. this uh, inner city middle school is probably about eight blocks, eight to ten blocks from us. And we um, uh, we put together a project where we bring the whole middle school, all the 6th graders, all 7th graders, and all 8th graders to campus in the morning, and we do programming with them, where the 8th graders would, you know, you give these kids an opportunity to see a college campus, and so we, the 8th graders would be with the admissions office, and they would go on an admissions tour, and they would hear about going to college, you know, and about doing those things, so they got that experience, and then the 7th graders, um, were, um, they were the ones that learned about um, learned about grit. So they um, middle school principals kind of we kind of said, "What subject would you want your middle school? What's what's lacking?" And grit was something they said. You know that perseverance, that stick to itiveness, that right. you know uh, making it through. And so we did uh, we did some projects with that where they um, where they had to learn about it and then they had to exhibit it in games and so forth. And so we did some activities around it. They loved it. And then what the a tremendous graders, concept. Yeah. Oh. It, well, what happened was that actually came from when I was at Miami, we had, um, we brought, uh, middle school in and the previous coach had started this. And I thought it was just an excellent idea. And then we, you know, it's like everything else, you know, we all know this. I mean, nobody's coming up with this thing. So, you know, we take things and we, we steal them and we tweak them and we make them our own. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so, so really, that's that. what happens. Coaches and, and teachers, so, such good thieves. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly, and so um, the heart of it just absolutely fit. You know what I want our program to be about. What I feel like I'm. You know I want to be about, and and so so we did that goals for like Sixth grade had uh, we brought in uh, community leaders and they did a a, a leadership panel. So they could ask questions and and do all that. And then we finished it by everybody coming to a game, coming and watching a women's basketball game in the middle of the day. And then they got on the buses and went back. So that was, yeah, yeah, that was Goals for Life. And then the last one we did was a serve game. And the serve game was to address youth poverty in Erie. And in this one, we went and we worked with all the Catholic schools, the Erie Catholic school system here in Erie. And we did a similar thing, like I was talking to you about competing with the care game that we did at another place at a different school. And we had them compete by bringing in items that two local organizations that serve the youth poverty population, the things that they might need like toothbrushes, um, hair brushes, socks, um, food like ramen noodles or cereal or it was the list of items was unbelievable. And so we had them do um, compete, and then we were going to reward the school that won, because we had six schools, not classes competing against. We had six schools competing against each other. And then the reward was that we would come in and spend and do half a day or an activity, whatever they wanted us to do with them, that our entire team would participate. And we raised 30, they brought in 30, more than 30,000 items, which was it just blew you away. I mean, it just blew you away when you when you think of that. And we were also able to raise about $5,000 with a little celebrity game that we put together. But yeah. lots of different moving parts, guys.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I celebrate you, Coach, because to put all that stuff together, Coach and I, you know, coaching at the high school level, a little different. You know, you're not just the coach, but you're the advisor, and you're the mentor, and you're the yeah. paperwork the person. You know there's no there's no dobo or anything like that on our end too so we totally get that so celebrating you guys and just your staff for putting that together oh, i just the thing that caught my ear when i was listening to that is just how impactful your girls at that age can be on younger kids mm-hmm. and i know that from living in the western new york area we're, we're huge university at buffalo fans you know because that's our local team one of our local teams here and my daughters i have three younger daughters and they would just be completely enthralled yeah. if, they're, if their hometown team walk through the door, yeah. um, you know, they get excited just to go to games and, you know, be in the high five line. And, you mm. know, they're pumped about getting signatures from their favorite player, like Hannah Hall from UB is just a, just a <laughs> tremendous athlete. And like her service to the community with Coach Jack at UB is just unbelievable. And like, just even those like incidental connections have my daughters like truly excited. And so for you to like take the, your girls and like put them right into the schools and the community, it's just so powerful. It's just inspirational. You know, yeah, I they appreciate never forget you that. doing that. Oh, not it at is. all. Not at all.
2: That's not at of, all. You know what? And I know you guys would agree with me. I think it's, yes, it's beneficial for that, for those people, you know, the cancer survivors, they get the money or the, the kids that get that experience and get a chance. it's, it, and I would be crazy if we can't – I'd be remiss if I didn't say that your team, the benefit that they receive from that, yeah. and the message that they receive from that, um, being other-centered. Yeah, you see the growth right there. It's huge. It's huge. Yeah. You, you just see it because you know it's not enough for us just to talk about it. You know, It's not enough for us just to talk about other-centered. It's important for us to actually show action. And then the other thing too is there's nothing more unifying than serving as a team to help others. It brings your team together because it gives gives them a common bond. It gives them a common thing, and then they start realizing because when you when you do good things together, it just it's 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 kind of like when I do good. We do good things together. It brings unity. It's it's the same as when we're in preseason and we do really hard things. Really hard things bring us together also. So it's that balance of, right? And I, Corey Close, who's the UCLA coach, has she? There's a book called Rare Leadership, which I haven't read, but I've heard her talk about it, and I've got it. It's going to yeah. be ordered. I got my birthday money. It's going to be ordered. Yeah, <laughs> but right. The one thing she said was that that in a team, in a, in order for something to grow, okay, like we want our team to grow, she said. We need to, to as leaders, create situations where our teams can experience joy, okay? And that may be in practice, that may be serving, it could be a lot of different things. But they also need to, they also need to experience struggle, because you, if you just experience joy all the time, you're not going to grow. If yeah. you just experience struggle all the time, you're not going to grow. It's that delicate combination of both of those. That helps you to grow to be the best as you can be whether it be individually or as a team Um, those things are you know it just there's just such wisdom in that
0: yeah I mean it's unbelievable we we at Akron we do our Christmas tournament is for um the jimmy v foundation because mm-hmm. one of our former coaches and his wife um both have passed from cancer um like legendary mm. members of our community and so we try to honor them with a the tournament and their name and raise money for jimmy v and so like i kind of know his speech by heart but i think he says in there right if you think you laugh and you cry mm-hmm. at one at some point every single day that that's a full day and i think that so, yeah. kind for me that's what I thought as soon as you said that like if you're taking the time to like and you started you know the pod with that tonight about you know spending your a little bit of quiet time in in prayer and thought and then you like move yourself to tears with your appreciation and then think about what you have in your life I mean that that has growth written all over it and I think you're I think you're so right coach coach Clo, close right Is how you pronounce her name at UCLA it's Corey, Corey she, close. she's
1: Yeah, Courtney Close. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's.
0: Yep, I've I've found. I've seen a couple of things by her, different zooms and um, different webinars, and she's just phenomenal. She's phenomenal too. So, shout out to her. But, yeah, coach, we're we're winding down here. We've been on for about forty minutes here. What do you? Any mentors um, that have really kind of shaped your? Your path, we really love obviously beyond the ball, we're talking all about the stuff you know off the court, so how did you kind of get here? Who have been some of your mentors that have really impacted your your philosophy?
2: Uh, well, I think you know why it's funny how things uh work out that it's even when you're younger, like I had a high school coach that I think you know really plug some things into me as a player and uh, not everything he did was good (laughs) or right but a lot of things that he did were um, impacted me impacted uh, who I was and so his name was Rodney Woods he played at University of Tennessee with Ernie Grunville and Bernard King Okay, and uh, really uh, he really uh instilled work ethic. <laughs> he was <a> hard worker.
1: <laughs> right.
2: Very hard worker. And, um, so I feel like he's really, uh, somebody who shaped me. And I'm trying to think, there's so many people. <laughs> it's, so <hard> to, <laughs> it's so hard to, um, because you yeah, want to keep a lot studying, you know? Yeah. 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 You want to keep studying and you have so many people that are important to you and, uh, let me think here. Rodney Woods is my big one. I, you know what? I've been blessed to work for some some really cool ladies that uh, I've been an assistant coach for. Uh, uh, three women that I think really helped me to kind of see things uh, the way I needed to see them, okay. and uh, to be able to understand them. And so I have uh, I've enjoyed that. Um, I think my very first uh, experience as a student assistant. Uh, stands out to me in trying to, um, what I want to say? Point out, like, I want to coach, right? And, and when I was a guy, I was coached by, um, my experience was to tell you everything you did wrong. And, <laughs> and I would right. say that um, <laughs> when I did that, coaching women, that didn't work. And uh, that was actually a big problem. And so... I, you know, she taught me halfway through the year she calls me in and she said, "Hey, you you got to figure this out. They're not they're not going to do what you want them to do if you keep telling them everything they do wrong." And so that helped me. I started telling them things yeah, right. they did right and then, you know, you know, and then I could tell them something they did wrong. And so that was a huge positive for me, you know, and it helped me yeah. it actually fit my personality even better. I I kind of wish I'd been coached that way, (laughs) (laughs) quite frankly. (laughs) And so I related to that really well. And and so, and then I've been, um, you know, I've had other uh, coaches kind of plug into you, you know, a little bit, and then it starts forming kind of your own philosophy. You know, I've played for, uh, or I've coached with the women's basketball hall of fame, Gail Guestincourt. Course, I was her assistant and I'm, the wisdom was just, you know, oozing every day. And even though she was young, as I was actually on her first staff um, as a head coach. And so the things you, I could see the things she learned as a first year head coach and uh, me being just a little bit younger than her. And then I also played for, uh, or I keep saying played. Isn't that weird? I played. No, I coached with um, June Okowski, who was an All American at, at Rutgers. And, um, the relationships that she she taught me how to really connect with kids off the court. Um, I mean, just that's just something you never forget. So it's uh, yeah. it's you know it's kind of like a picture, right? So it's like a big uh, not not a mural, but what do they call a painting where you know everything's so interconnected and you can't separate things. I just yeah. really feel like that happens. I mean, I'm sure you guys can. You have people in your lives that that connect so many different things everybody's everybody's
1: just putting their their own personal little strokes into that picture frame and and you're the beneficiary of it all
2: yeah yes yes
1: yes
0: so good well coach uh we are up against it so i just want to say thank you so much for uh, wonderful coming on coming on and sharing uh we appreciate you so much we're definitely gonna on my end here in the gerstung household gonna be watching your season <laughs> this upcoming season yes, and see go. how you do with your daughter uh and wish you all the best but thank you so much for coming on well thank you for coming on thank clean. you guys
2: for having me and you're welcome to work so close you're welcome to come watch a game i would love to be my guest would love to have you guys uh, you guys to uh to come watch a game, watch our team, meet her you know, come to our practice. Oh yeah, the practice you, is what I want to like. You're yeah, more than welcome. Now now this year <laughs> We'll see what this year looks like. But still well, call me. Yeah, we'll bring
0: our masks. We'll bring our masks and we'll socially distance. Yeah, so. Justin can be
2: on one we'll side, fin- I'll be on the other. Exactly. as long as you social distance from each other, that's sure you're good.
0: You guys should be good in Pennsylvania. It's up the those of us up here in New York that might have the issue, so Yeah, I was gonna say.
2: Uh, you guys, we'll we'll see. We'll see. We'll be yeah. okay.
0: We'll be okay. Well coach, thank you so much. I appreciate everything and be well.
2: Thank you so much. You guys have a great night. You
1: too.
0: Thank you for
2: listening to the Beyond the Ball podcast with Coach Eric Klump and Coach Justin Gersten.